Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Today is Tuesday, January 12, 2021. Coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Yes, I am in the car. Uh, Donald Trump finally signs the emergency orders putting Washington, D.C. under these orders through January 24th. It is causing a massive traffic jam all across Washington, D.C. I've literally been in the car for an hour where it normally takes five minutes getting to the office. And so we're going to talk about this order. Also, what is happening right now at the U.S. Capitol. Uh, they are moving forward on impeaching Donald Trump. The third-ranking Republican, Liz Cheney, she has come out for impeachment as well. Also, Capitol Hill police continue to investigate their ranks. Two officers have been suspended. We're going to talk with a retired black Capitol Hill police officer who can give us a breakdown on what happened and why Clyburn may be right. This was an inside job. Also, former governor of Michigan, Rick Snyder, is going to be indicted due to the Flint water crisis. Folks, it's a jam-packed show. It's time to bring the funk and roll Martin unfiltered. Let's go. He's got it. Whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop, the fact, the find. And when it breaks, he's right on time. And it's rolling. Best believe he's knowing. Putting it down from sports to news to politics. 
All right, folks, I'm coming to you live, uh, yes, from the car here in Washington, D.C. Don Trump, if he finally signs the order uh, implementing emergency orders here in Washington, D.C., a, a perimeter has been extended uh, all around the White House. And normally what happens is when they extend that perimeter, it actually goes out uh, three blocks. It, it dropped in, uh, shocking many people, of course, uh, in the nation's capital. Uh, I got to D.C. Uh, in the city around 540. Uh, and when I got in, got here, uh, coming off the expressway, uh, not far from the White House, normally it takes me five minutes to get from uh, that expressway to our offices. Folks, it has literally been an hour. Uh, that's how massive this traffic is. I'm approaching, uh, actually, we're located at Black, Black Lives Matter Plaza uh, here in D.C. That street is blocked off, and so I'm probably going to have to uh, do some uh, talking, if you will, uh, letting them know that my offices are right here. We'll see if they're going to allow me to go on uh, 16th Street to actually uh, park. But uh, th this is what's going on. These orders are going to extend all the way through January 24th, four days after the inauguration. This is because of what took place at the U.S. Capitol last week, January 6th. Uh, and, of course, uh, folks, our security is even more heightened. Normally, for the inauguration, uh, it is the most security you will ever find in Washington, D.C. But because of that insurrection, that attempted coup d'etat, uh, it's even more critical to have massive security. Uh, 10,000 National Guard troops uh, are going to be uh, in Washington, D.C., uh, providing uh, assistance as well. And so, uh, so much has changed because of what took place last week. Right now happening in the U.S. Capitol, Democrats uh, are moving forward. They are presenting a 76-page, uh, basically, impeachment document laying out exactly how Donald Trump uh, really incited the, the, uh, the insurrection last week, which led to it. Just so you understand how significant this is, uh, you have Republicans uh, who are coming out. A, a Republican from Illinois has come out and said, uh, Representative Kinzinger. Uh, he, Adams Kinzinger said he's going to vote for impeachment. But the one that really jumps out is Liz Cheney, daughter of former Vice President Dick Cheney, the third ranking member uh, on the Republican side. Uh, she came out and said, quote, there's never been a greater betrayal by president of the United States of his office and his oath to the Constitution. She says she is going to vote for impeachment. That is going to put extreme pressure on GOP leader, House leader Kevin McCarthy, to decide whether he, too, is going to support impeachment. And so that's what uh, we're looking at right now. Uh, of course, uh, people who were involved in this insurrection, uh, they have been arrested all over the country, literally as they were getting off of airplanes. Here's some of that video to give an indication how the FBI is swooping down on these folks. Folks, that's just one of the videos. There are a lot of videos out there uh, that are showing you how, uh, how they're, they're targeting people, arresting people, removing them from airplanes, putting them on no-fly list as well. These things are happening. So, again, as I said, we, we've been uh, watching so, so much of this uh, going on. Uh, earlier today, the Department of Justice, they actually held a news conference where they announced this was the first time they've actually spoken publicly uh, about the insurrection since it actually happened. Uh, I'm going to sit here and just put my phone down if I can uh, while I approach our street here. 
Uh, and so uh, we're going to have some of that video uh, in a bit, folks, if y'all can get that ready. Uh, there was a big news conference they had the first time the federal government has actually issued a response uh, since Wednesday took place. Uh, and that's one of the things that you're seeing uh, uh, that took place today where they announced the charges that they are that they are, have against uh, various people. Uh, give me one second, folks. Uh, I want to turn right here. Going to my street. How you doing? How you going, Doc? I'm going to my office. I'm right here at 16th Street and K. Appreciate it, bro. Thanks a lot. All right. Yeah, so we actually need to get in. Uh, so this was getting see. I'm approaching uh, Black Lives Matter Plaza. Uh, complete police presence right here. Uh, cops are blocking things off. Now I got to explain this cop too. what's going on. Um, hold on one second. Hi, my office is right here. I'm trying to go to my office. At six, it's right here at K. No, but, I'm, but my office is, I, I got to go to work. Okay, so how do I get to work? But, but the garage is right here. So I, no, but I'm not going on K Street. I'm literally right here. At six one six two five, I'm like right here in the garage, right next to it. Yeah, the the K, the, uh, the K and L gates a garage. Yeah, I put it's right here. Yeah. All right, thanks a lot. All right, folks, as y'all see. So sorry, I had to see y'all had to hear that negotiation, uh, and so. Uh, you see what, what they have done here, what they've done here uh, is uh, block. You can't not park in any of these spots. You look at the signs uh, that they have here. And, some, uh, and so uh, that's what's going on here. Guys, do me a favor. Y'all can if y'all can pull up that news conference, y'all can pull up that news conference and share that with some of the folks. Um, we'll do that. When we come back, we're going to take a break. I'm actually, I got to get inside our building here. Uh, let me flip. I'm just going to give y'all a sense of what's going on here, okay? Um, as you see, let me get out right here. So as you see, you got all this police. This is completely blocked off uh, here. We're, we're on K Street. That's Black Lives Matter Plaza. That's right there. You see all the police presence. Uh, they're very, so the cars that you see coming down here, they're literally allowing them to come down much further, but they're blocking everything off. So this is K Street here. And so as you see all down here, uh, you see uh, all these cars coming down here. And so um, let's just do this here. Uh, I'm going to park uh, right now uh, and go inside uh, control room. Y'all do me a favor. Uh, let's uh, let's throw this thing uh, to commercial break uh, to give me some time to come inside uh, to anchor the show from indoors. Uh, and so when we come back, we're going to brother number of years on the Capitol Hill uh, police force. Uh, he's going to give us a sense of what he thought took place on that day. 500 people, 500 Capitol Police officers, uh, they were at work. Eight to 10,000 people uh, were attacking the U.S. Capitol. They were completely overwhelmed. And again, people are questioning whether or not uh, you had folks uh, who were involved, uh, Capitol Hill police officers. Were they involved helping these folks uh, when it came to this insurrection uh, that took place? And so, uh, so uh, control room, give me about five minutes. Uh, so I can uh, get gather my stuff and run inside. And to all the folks who are watching, I'll be right back uh, on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Uh, we'll be back back in a moment. What would you say to 
a young person who says, look, I'm trying to change our society. I'm trying to change this world. Man, I ain't got time for this church stuff. I just don't think y'all legit. Oh, man. I, I, I would say just because you see an artist in music that you don't like, do you stop listening to hip-hop? <laughs> no. It's, like, ridiculous. You see one artist do something that, that, does, that is, is what their choice was, has nothing to do with the whole industry or the whole art form of hip-hop. You don't throw out hip-hop. So the same way, if you see an artist that you don't like do that, I would ask you, don't do the same thing with the church. Because just because you see one minister, one man or woman do something that you don't agree with, don't use that as an excuse to right. demonize an institution that could actually help save your life. You know, I am who I am because I was raised in the church. You know, all the things that I'm able to do in the world are directly related to being brought up in a healthy church environment where I learned how to develop my gifts. I learned how to communicate. I learned how to deal with other people. I learned how to lead. All of those things that help me and other people become successful in society, you can learn in the church. So I would say to somebody that's young, I would, I would challenge them. Everything that's in you, if you're trying to, to get it out, get into a good church because that church will be a fantastic incubator for all the gifts that are in you. And when you find the right church, you will find that the others that you may have been looking at were the wrong people to look at in any profession. I don't care what it is. You're mm -hmm. always going to find people that you can point out that may not represent that profession to the best of their ability. But when you find those that do, then you begin to see what it really is about. To be the first African-American to become the Secretary of Defense, if confirmed, is an enormous honor and a privilege. But you know, it's not the, it's not the first time that I've been the first. Back when I was a Lieutenant Colonel, I was selected to be the operations officer for the 82nd Airborne Division. An African-American had never held that position before. And later on, I would become the first African-American to command an infantry division in combat. And subsequent to that, I was the first African-American to command an Army Corps in combat. The first African-American to be the Vice Chief of the Army. The first African-American to be the CENTCOM commander. It's hard to believe, but it's true. There is kind of a sad commentary here, and that is, it shouldn't have taken this long for us to get here. There should have been someone that preceded me. And I am enormously grateful for the service and the sacrifices of those that went before me. The Tuskegee Airmen, the Montfort Point Marines, the folks who served in World War I and World War II, who performed with distinction. And it's on their shoulders that, that I stand here today. My goal is to not be the last. Hopefully we can set those conditions in place that ensure that I'm not the last Corps commander to command in combat or the last CENTCOM commander, and certainly not the last African-American Secretary of Defense. We need to march on the Capitol today. We are going to take our country back. We're coming for you, and we're going to have a good time doing it. Let's have trial by combat. You'll never 
take back our country with weakness. You have to show strength. We're going to walk down and I'll be there with you to the Capitol. In two hours, this woman will be dead. We are now walking down the inaugural path to the Capitol building. Oh, there we go. U.S. Capitol has been breached. Five minutes since Capitol breach. President Trump to go on national television now and demand an end to this siege. At least one improvised explosive device has been found on the grounds of the U.S. Capitol. Repeatedly uh, being told by the uh, National Guard at the national level that we did not have authorization. We love you. You're very special our incredible journey is only just beginning. I'm in the world of fiction. What I mean, that's what I do. I'm an actress. I spent 35 years in this business. I've been in the business since I was 14. I was discovered in a basement theater in Philadelphia, a basement called Freedom Theater. And that's what I do. I play for a living. And I look and see that we're in a world that, I mean, I mean that it's, it's bizarre where you can't tell the fake from the real. These people are not faking it. That's what they're going to, that's, that's, they're willing to put their whole lives, their families' lives, their whole, everything they've accomplished around looking pathetic and weak around a table because this man showed up and told them that, you know, uh, that he was the one and everybody should follow him. It's, he didn't even have a good. He didn't even have a good argument. He's not Martin Luther King. He has no. He has no. Uh, no words. He has no. Be he has nothing. He's just rich and white and male. And so people want to see that power on display, and then tell us that we are not. You know that that we're crazy. They can't do it anymore. That's the good news. Good afternoon. I'm Stephen D'Antuono, assistant director in charge of the Washington Field Office of the FBI, and I'm here to provide a quick update and the FBI's activities since the violence and destruction at the Capitol last week. The FBI is quite familiar with large-scale, complex, and fast-moving investigations. We are, we are up to the challenge. As Director Ray says, the FBI does not do easy. To be clear, the brutality the American people watched with shock and disbelief on the 6th will not be tolerated by the FBI. The men and women of the FBI will leave no stone unturned in this investigation. Since these events, the FBI has worked hand-in-hand -hand with the United States Attorney's Office and our law enforcement partners here in D.C. and across the country to arrest and charge multiple individuals who took part in the destruction. In six days, we have opened over 160 case files, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. The significance of this investigation is not lost on us. 
This is a 24-7 full bore invest extensive operation into what happened that day. We cannot do our job without the help of the American people. Since our call for tips, videos, and pictures, we have received more than 100,000 pieces of digital media, which is absolutely fantastic. And we are scouring every one for investigative and intelligence leads. We continue to ask for more. If you have information, contact 1-800-CALL-FBI or submit photos and videos to fbi.gov slash U.S. Capitol, that's capital with an O. I want to stress that the FBI has a long memory and a broad reach. Agents and our partners are on the streets investigating leads not only here in the D.C. area, but also across the country through the FBI's 56 field offices. So even, like I've said before, so even if you've left D.C., agents from our local field offices will be knocking on your door if we find out that you are part of the criminal activity at the Capitol. But before we do this, this is your opportunity to come forward, as several individuals who have, were involved in Wednesday's riots have done, to volunteer about their participation. In the weeks leading up to the January 6th rally, the FBI worked internally with every FBI field office to ensure they were looking for, that we were looking for any intelligence that may have developed about potential violence during the rally on January 6th. We developed some intelligence that a number of individuals were planning to travel to the D.C. area with intentions to cause violence. We immediately shared that information and action was taken as demonstrated by the arrest of Enrique Tario by the Metropolitan Police Department the night before the rally. Other individuals were identified in other parts of the country and the travel subsequently disrupted. The FBI receives enormous amounts of information and intelligence, and our job is to determine the credibility and viability of it under the laws and policies that govern FBI investigations. We have to separate the aspirational from the intentional and determine which of the individuals saying despicable things on the internet are just practicing keyboard bravado or they actually have the intent to do harm. In the latter, we work diligently to identify them and prevent them from doing so. As offensive as a statement can be, the FBI cannot open an investigation without a threat of violence or alleged criminal activity. However, when that language does turn to a call of violence or criminal activity, the FBI is able to undertake investigative action. And in this case, we had no indication information was linked to any specific person, but this is a matter of an online discussion. This information was immediately disseminated through a written product and briefed through our command post operations to all levels of law enforcement. Part and parcel of our investigation into violent actors is the fact that we continue to gather intelligence that will aid in our ability to disrupt possible future violent activity. Suffice it to say, we are leveraging our relationships with federal, state, and local law enforcement partners, using our tools at our disposal to find and bring everyone involved in last week's criminal activity to justice. I'm now going to turn it over to Acting U.S. Attorney Michael Sherman. Folks, uh, the Department of Justice is not happy at all what has taken place, and they are going after these people.
because especially with one Capitol Hill police officer dying. Uh, Congressman Tim Ryan yesterday said that two officers have been suspended. They've also targeted these folks uh, who have been taking pictures, folks who put on a MAGA hat on. Uh, and so there's also going to be an investigation of the entire Capitol Hill police force to figure out what went on. Congressman Jim Clyburn, uh, has intimated. He is. He has implied that he believes it was an inside job. Uh, not only that, Gizmodo. What they have done. There's been. Uh, they were able to access this right wing uh, social media site, Parler, uh, and they had some very weak security. And and the Gizmodo story then showed. I'm going to pull up in a second. Uh, it showed uh, they were able to use uh, GPS tracking to show. All of these people who breached the Capitol. Folks, this is a shocking story. This story shows you how deep these folks, these, these protesters got inside the U.S. Capitol. By using this, uh, go to my iPad, please. Uh, this right here. Parlor users breached deep inside U.S. Capitol building. GPS, GPS data shows. This here is a map. This is a map right here, folks that they were able to, by accessing the data and accessing their GPS, it shows you where their parlor members were. You see how they essentially surrounded the U.S. Capitol. You see how deep they were able to get, let me see if I can zoom this in. They, this is the U.S. Capitol uh, right here. How deep they were able to get into the U.S. Capitol. Joining us right now is former Capitol Hill police officer, uh, Theodis Butch Jones. Uh, Butch, how long did you serve on the force? That's for uh, uh, 37 years. 37 years. When you look at this map, go right back to it, folks. When you see this map uh, that I'm showing right now and you see how deep these folks were able to get into the Capitol, that has to be shocking uh, to someone who knows full well uh, you guys clamp down on anybody and everybody once they hit those grounds if anything crazy goes on. Yes, sir. I, I think that was... Uh, too close, no outer perimeter, no inner perimeter. Um, in the history of Capitol Police, no one have ever crossed the line at all. So it was appalling to see how easy it was for them to come on the hill. Uh, we saw the video where they were literally just tossing aside barricades, overrunning these police officers. Uh, some police officers were seen on video waving folks in. Uh, that had to also be shocking. Uh, and, and we're hearing, look, we've talked to some members who are saying, look, I don't know if I can even trust uh, the Capitol Hill police force because there are some renegade cops on this force who were in support of what these folks did. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. But it's not just the police officers. And I hope they don't use the police officers for um, uh, when it's more than the police officers. They can't use the policemen for uh, scapegoats, and that's what they're doing. This was above their pay raise. These decisions was above their payroll, pay raise. And I think members of Congress has uh, and, and the Senate, somebody had to give um, the authority not to bring people in to help. And that's above the pay raise of Capitol Police, the Sergeant uh, Arms, the Chief of Police. This is higher than what we're looking at. Uh, the former police chief's son, who has resigned, uh, he said that he laid fault at the Sergeant at Arms. Uh, where they did not want uh, the same presence of uh, National Guardsmen on the steps of the U.S. Capitol that we saw when they hit the Black Lives Matter protesters. That's the one thing that actually that, that, that has happened. Uh, also, 
uh, the, the uh, Nancy Pelosi demanded and got the resignation of the House Sergeant at Arms. Uh, the Senate Sergeant at Arms has also resigned, at, uh, re uh, resigned as well. We also know from Maryland Governor Larry Hogan, he got phone calls from inside the Capitol, from Speaker Nancy Pelosi, from Maryland Congressman Steny Hoyer, the majority leader, saying send in National Guard. He says 90 minutes before he could get somebody at the Pentagon to answer Part of the thing people are saying is that Donald Trump, the people who he put in place, they did not want to lift a finger to help because, frankly, they were enjoying seeing what happened. And the Washington Post is reporting that Trump, there are people, Republicans, Kellyanne Conway, uh, Kevin McCarthy and others who were trying to reach Trump saying you've got to send help. He was preoccupied watching television. Again, again, this is above somebody's pay, pay scale. Um, there's no check and balance on Capitol Hill. Congress have no check and balance. Who check out Congress? Uh, they police themselves. The uh, sergeant arms are, um, they work with, work for Congress. So if they say no, who are they going to go to? There's no check and balance. And they're going to make the little guys the guinea pig. But I guarantee you, as easy as it was, the the only office was destroyed was the Democrats. They didn't they didn't mess up any of the statues in Statue Hall. You know, it's it's like somebody said, you can do this, but don't do this. It was too easy. And for them not to have reinforcement, for them not to have Metropolitan or the United States Park Police helping them, something was wrong with that picture. Uh, when you speak of that, uh, even some Republicans have been critical of Congresswoman Lauren uh, Boebert of uh, Colorado because they blasted her on a call yesterday uh, saying, what the hell were you doing tweeting the positioning of Nancy Pelosi when we were under attack? Uh, and she says, oh, she didn't mean any harm. They said she was literally saying where Nancy Pelosi was in the Capitol. That's correct. And, and Mr. Martin, here's the thing. Um, somebody knows something. You know, it, there's no way that you don't, you, in a situation like that, you got reinforcement. They treated um, last week like it was a regular work day. No, and you know, 2,200 officers was not on work. So something is wrong when management um, leave their officers out to dry. And the only reason they speak in the way they're speaking right now is, is because members got scared. Members were scared for their life. So, yes, they want something done. Um, BuzzFeed had an article uh, where a couple of black officers on the force talked about being called the N-word, talked about uh, what they saw took place, and they were shocked and stunned as well. Uh, and they said, look, I mean, you had white supremacists who were part of this uh, attempted coup d'etat. Uh, this, is, this is not the first word. This is not the first time black officers on Capitol Hill have been mistreated or been called by the N-word. When I started on the police department, the N-word was usually being used by calling you boy. Meant the same thing, but still, um, racism and discrimination is well known on Capitol Hill. Capitol Hill has been known um, for years to be the last plantation, the good old boy system. So when you have that, unless they have a check and balance, this has been going on for years, and this was not planned for uh, 
couple of weeks. This has been in the plan for a while for it to go as smooth as it went. Uh, to your point, this is a video I'm playing right now uh, that was in that BuzzFeed article showing as the, them coming uh, into uh, the U.S. Capitol. That is Eugene Goodman right there, uh, the officer. We discussed him the other day, uh, and as they were approaching, he knew it was just him, and he was the last line of defense. We, we showed it yesterday how he picked the stick up. When he comes up these steps, he's going to look. He's calling for his support. He's going to look to his left because that's where the that was, that was the entry to the U.S. Senate floor. Uh, we we had a shortened version yesterday. This is a, this is the longer video. When he gets when he gets to the top of the steps, he's going to look over his shoulder. If he did not lead them away right here, uh, he looked down the hallway. If he, didn't, he did not lead them away, they were literally within seconds of being able to attack members of the United States Senate. Uh, we had Congresswoman Maxine Waters on the show. She said, point blank, that if she had not left the Capitol early, there's no doubt she would have been targeted and potentially killed by these protesters. Again, I am not surprised. You know, and it's sadly to say, the police officers have always been there for Congress. The sad part is Congress have not been there for the police officers. 9-11, they were there. Um, during the anthrax, they were there. When they had demonstrations, they were there. Um, when they was at the baseball field and the police officers, two black police officers saved the congressman, they were so grateful, but they left them naked last Wednesday when they had this demonstration. Somebody knew what was going on. Uh, this is a quote from that BuzzFeed article from one of these black police officers. That was a heavily trained group of militia terrorists that attacked us. They had radios. We found them. They had two-way communicators and earpieces. They had bear spray. They had flashbangs. They were prepared. They, they strategically put two IEDs, pipe bombs, in two different locations. These guys were military trained. A lot of them were former military, the officer said. They even said, the officers even described coming face to face with police officers from across the country in the mob. He said some of them flashed their badges, telling him to let them through and trying to explain that this was all part of a movement that was supposed to help. Quote, you have the nerve to be holding a Blue Lives Matter flag and you are out there fucking us up. One guy pulled out his badge and said, we're doing this for you. Another guy had his badge, so I was like, well, you got to be kidding. You know, Mr. Martin, I'm surprised that people are surprised. This has been going on for years, and for um, all of a sudden, people are surprised. You know, if that had been Black Lives Matter, Louis Farrakhan, they wouldn't even got to the steps. They wouldn't have got past 4th Street in Southwest on the Southwest going to the Capitol. Because this was a white organization demonstration, they did not prepare like they would if it was a black organization. And yes, I think it was still too easy. Well, you're absolutely right. I can tell you when Jamal Bryant, Jeff Johnson, and I, when we brought 200 brothers to Capitol Hill uh, to stand up for Loretta Lynch, Trust me, and we were met at the top of the steps by Congresswoman Joyce Beatty and Congressman uh, 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 Andre Carson. It was a hell of a whole lot of Capitol Hill cops who came out of nowhere for 200 black men who were there, very peaceful, uh, just to speak up for Loretta Lynch. You know, just before I forget, I want to say I take my hat off to the mayor of D.C. Can you imagine if she did not tell black lives stay at home, there would have been a bloodbath out there. A lot of people could have got hurt if the mayor of the District of Columbia did not tell Black Lives Matter to stay at home. 
And I remember when Farrakhan came up to the hill with four gentlemen, just four. They held the whole department over until he left the hill. Even they had a uh, SWAT team in the garage. And it was an insult to every black officer because Farrakhan wasn't like that. <laughs> All of that for Farrakhan and four guys with him. I I'm telling you, they held the whole department, the House side, the Senate side, the Capitol side, the PD and SWAT. They held them for oh, at least two hours over until he left the building. Wow. What do you think should happen next? Uh, well, you know, the president said um, that the people that was involved, they should be treated the same way he thought people should be treated if they take down the statues, that they should get 10 years. I think they should get some serious time. I think they should look at Congress and it should be an investigation, a, a off the hill investigation, not members of Congress, but people outside a commission to find out what went wrong because our democracy was challenged on last Wednesday. Theodore's Butch Jones spent nearly 40 years as a Capitol Hill police officer. Sir, we certainly appreciate it. Thank you so very much for your insight. Thank you for having me. Let's go to my panel, Candace Kelly, legal analyst, Law Victoria Burke, National Newspaper Public Association, Jacob Wynn, Chair, Young Politician Committee. Candace, uh, when you listen to what uh, Butch had to say there, uh, and you think about, uh, again, how these Republicans uh, continue uh, to make excuses uh, for what took place, these, and the whole deal, let's move along, let's have peace. No, they do not want any level of accountability. They want us to just shut up and move on because they don't, because they know they're complicit. They know that they actually that they, uh, egg these people on. They spurred this on. Uh, Kevin McCarthy all of a sudden is trying to be uh, big man on the hill, yet he was on uh, Fox News with Laura Ingram talking about don't accept the results of this election. They were actually stoking and fanning the flames of this mob. Every single Republican who did, who did so, they are complicit in what took place. They certainly are complicit. And when you look at what's going on here, we talk about the Capitol Police, and there have been a couple of them that have been fired, but they've, I'm sorry, they've been suspended with pay. And see, therein lies the problem. These are officers that were employed in order to protect democracy, protect the people, protect the Capitol building itself. And look what happened. Feces and urine all over the Capitol. Um, you know, uh, five people who died. These are officers who did not do their job. If a teacher doesn't teach, she gets fired. If a doctor is, you know, says that he does not want to do any more operations because of something, he is going to get fired. These are officers who we are still paying for. They are suspended with pay. And therein lies the problem and a lot of double standards, as um, Theophis was saying, that we have people who are playing both sides of the fence. Here is a mob, a huge insurrection announced by President Trump. Go down to the Capitol on January 6th. It's going to be wild. This is someone who was uh, uh, premeditating this event getting people along the way. And when he got there, he encouraged them to do exactly what they did. Go, be an insurrection, mob the Capitol, because what you're seeing is lies. We have won. And even at this point, President Trump has not even apologized for anything. He has not even uh, said that Biden is even the president now. He just said that he's looking forward to a smooth transition. But he hasn't even admitted 
that uh, the president-elect Joe Biden is in fact going to be president on the 20th. <clears throat> what we're seeing here, Lauren Victoria Burke, again, we are seeing Congress, we're seeing Republicans who want us to just, oh, can y'all just, just, just keep it moving? Mm -mm. No, 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 stay right here. And see, uh, you know, I love, I love the people talking about we should extend grace. Uh, the German theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he's the one who coined the phrase uh, cheap grace. Uh, that's the people who go out, uh, do wrong, then go, God, can you forgive me? Then go right back out and do wrong again. Lord, can you forgive me? Uh, he's like, mm -mm, no, no, we ain't extending cheap grace. That's what these folks want to extend, cheap grace. Uh, you know what? I don't know what they want to extend. All I know is that what happened last Wednesday was outrageous and wrong and seditious and treasonous. And everybody involved should be prosecuted. And we got idiots, you know, making videos like this idiot Ali Alexander, uh, who was ahead in charge of Stop to Steal, naming members of Congress who he planned that event last Wednesday with. You know, and that would be Mo Brooks and Andy Biggs and uh, and uh, Paul Gosar, uh, who helped him. And of course, Mo Brooks spoke at the rally that the president was at before this entire attack on the Capitol happened. So, you know, all this nonsense about healing and we have to heal and get over it. No, they everybody involved in this needs to be prosecuted. Um, and this uh, U.S. attorney who made the statement today, uh, it was interesting that we didn't see uh, Christopher Ray out there, but Michael Sherwin, I think, you know, held his own. And when he was talking about sedition and incitement and all that, the, the, the FBI needs to get after these people. And I cannot wait uh, for eight days from now we get uh, Joe Biden's FBI in there. But really, this FBI is doing pretty good so far in terms of tracking a lot of people down, keeping in mind that in the U.S. Capitol, they have to go through all of the cameras that are internally in the Capitol to see all the crimes that everybody committed. And of course, go over all the stuff on the police radio. Um, you know, I'm aware, of course, as we all are, of the two officers who were suspended, and there's like two dozens or so that they're investigating that have written certain things in social media and Facebook. And I'm sure on a 2,000 person department, they are going to find those things. What I see on a lot of these videos is. We see video of, of the cops being deferential, of course, as they always are to white audiences, as we saw during the Tea Party and healthcare, moving the gates. But then again, you do see a lot of videos of, quite frankly, white and black cops fighting for their lives and fighting their asses off against these people. Because basically what this is, is they were set up. These cops were set up. And, you know, full disclosure, I, I do have several people who are members of the U.S. Capitol Police who are friends of mine, good friends of mine. And... Uh, so I, I'm, not, I'm talking with a little bit of bias here, but this is a mistake that was on the top. And the fact that Paul Irving, the former House Sergeant of Arms who got fired, isn't saying anything kind of tells me that. We did finally hear Stephen Sun, the chief, talking. He talked to The Washington Post and he talked to local media in Washington about what happened. And, and he says, I mean, there is a lot of uh, sort of conflicting reports. There, there was some lackadaisicalness at the top. And that rank-and-file set of cops had to pay for it. People like Eugene Goodman had to pay for it, uh, who I know, who did a great job. So I just would say that until we know exactly what happened and, and who played a part in what, it won't surprise me if, if there might have been some cops involved. But I got to tell you something. I think we should be looking at members of Congress and their staffs. Not—I not, mean, we should be looking at cops, too. But watch. Watch members of Congress and their staffs 
should be investigated in this by the FBI. Because we already know, like I said, we already know from the idiot Ali Alexander, Mr. I planned this whole thing, that there were at least three members of Congress involved. So that all needs to be looked into. Uh, this is the New York Times um, story right here, Jacob. Olympic gold medalist was part of crowd that invaded Capitol. Cleet Keller, who won swimming medals in three summer games, was captured on video inside the U.S. Capitol Rotunda during last week's violent elections protest. Uh, this is actually what was captured. Uh, he was actually wearing his U.S. Olympic team jacket that had USA printed across the back down the sleeves was identified by former teammates and coaches to see the kind of people uh, who were involved here. Uh, these folks uh, act like this was uh, a walk in the park. Oh, no big deal. Uh, you had this idiot at redstate.com who, who posted uh, something saying this was actually not a not uh, uh, an insurrection. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't terrorism. He got ripped left and right. They were forcing to take that post down. And, and again, this group of Republicans who want us to act as if last week did not happen. And now they want to shift everything. Oh, it's the Democrats. It's the Democrats. It's the Democrats. Uh, then Trump today, uh, he decides to open his mouth and then says, oh, Democrats, Y'all are going to just make, you're going to make my people even more upset. You really shouldn't do this. I'm sorry. When you say you shouldn't do it, uh, look, that ain't going to fly. Uh, actually, hold tight one second. What I want to do is I want to go to the uh, uh, floor of the uh, U.S. Capitol. Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee is speaking. Y'all should be able to hear. Let me know if you hear the audio, please. But we are a co-equal branch of government. And Mr. Raskin's resolution is an appropriate resolution because we have a responsibility to govern and to protect the American people. And so this resolution is not in violation of the Constitution because it is the Congress calling upon the Vice President to reflect on January 6th, a day in infamy, to reflect the fact that there were six people that died that we lost two precious uh, law enforcement Capitol Hill police. There are injuries in many ways attributable to this, some in different ways than others. And we lost Americans. And clearly, it is a long chain of events that goes back to the President of the United States. The President, when a duly announced election came about, on November 6, 2020, proceeded to declare that it had been stolen and continued to stoke the fires of his believers to begin to plan some kind of attack. Because he kept saying, come to Washington, I'll see you there. And then, of course, as time went on, I valued the president's right to the courts of which he went. But he did not find that to be a solution for him. So HRES 21 is the Congress speaking, and we have every right as a co-equal branch to speak. Why? Fired. We have that right. Gentlewoman from Pennsylvania. 15 seconds? 30? 30? OK, 30 seconds, thank you. Gentlewoman's recognized for an additional 30 seconds. We have that right uh, because uh, the FBI has indicated that they have seen 100,000 digital media, and they'll be looking for more to see those who endangered all of 
those that were here. My appreciation to police and the floor staff and law enforcement, custodial staff, our staff, media, and others who were put in harm's way along with members. So I rise to support this resolution because it does not violate the Constitution or the intent of the 25th Amendment. It provides for the Congress to speak to ask the Vice President to recognize that this Gentlewoman's president is the expired. only one that has ever stoked Gentlewoman this kind from of Pennsylvania reserves. Yes, Gentleman from Oklahoma. Jacob. Yes. Um, I'm at a loss of words. Um, during this during that time, uh, you can you can definitely see that it was two Americas. Um, if this, as uh, the gentleman before us said, if that was a Black Lives Matter protest, um, there would have been guns involved. There would have been a lot of tasing and shooting and, and a lot of people being arrested. And I and I feel that um, I do feel that it was some some congressmen or congresswomen involved in this process just because how how intricate the Capitol Police is compared to a regular law enforcement office. So um, it's, it's I, I believe in time we'll be able to find it. But um, it's a sad day in America just to see that. You know, we are we're as a people, we're looking for an advocate for change, but uh it's we keep getting the same uh the same history lessons, I will say, over and over as time goes by. And um, you know, it's it's just a sad day for our country. Uh this is Arizona Congresswoman Debbie Lesko. Listen to this, y'all. These calls, it is clear they have full faith in the vice president and his ability to act in a manner that is consistent with his constitutional responsibility. Simply put, they trust him to do the job. Yet, the very demand they are making insinuates that the Vice President Pence cannot be trusted to make the decision to invoke the 25th Amendment on his own. It calls into question the core of his judgment if you trust someone to lead the nation and be the acting president, shouldn't you also trust that same person to take the steps necessary to safeguard if it is needed? With that, I urge opposition to the rule, and I yield back the balance of my time. Gentlewoman, yield. See, see this is the thing with these Republicans. This is the, this is the game that they want to play here, Candace. Uh, even with eight days, even with Biden becoming president in eight days, these folks are scared to death of Trump. I saw, I've seen these stories where some have said, oh, they voted to go, not accept the electors because they were scared of being attacked by Trump supporters and their families. Well, resign then. <laughs> Quit. 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 But don't be a coward. Don't, don't all of a sudden say, oh, I, I, I was forced. I was forced to do this because I had a gun to my head because if I didn't do this, they're going to attack me and my family. We'll quit. Yeah, and we, and we did see a few people who did quit, right, Roland? Did we not in the cabinet? But when we look at what she was saying on the floor, she was saying what we all know and understand, that you can't trust leadership. We haven't heard from Pint yet. We don't know what he's going to do, which is why there's this wrangling to try to get him what he is indeed supposed to do. This is why a lot of people are saying that he's not going to co-sign on this 25th Amendment proposition. In addition, we don't know if there are enough cabinet members, which you need half in order to move through to the next step. Well, people are looking at 
uh, is, is impeachment. What the Republicans are looking at also, in addition to possible impeachment, because we do have Mitch McConnell not necessarily saying no. We don't hear a lot of Republicans out there trying to persuade other Republicans to say no, which is what we normally hear from the Ted Cruz's of the world, uh, for example. We've got um, uh, Liz Cheney and a few people who are now getting uh, on, on board. And I think the closer we get to the time of inauguration, the more people we're going to see people, more people we're going to see uh, get on get on board. But the Republicans, you have to understand, are looking at this not only for whether or not, um, you know, the president is going to be remaining in office for the last few days, but what is actually going to be happening and has happened to the Republican brand. They have lost, uh, they have lost Congress, right, in terms of the vote. And now everything that Trump, 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 Trump touches and has touched for a very long time has just diluted the brand. They not only want to see him out, some of them, they want to see him out of the Republican Party. So that's the next step that Republicans are behind doors trying to determine and decide now. Not just out of office, but outside of the party, because the longer he stays in, the more uh, crazies they get that come to the table for Trump and the less money they get from large contributors who have supported Republicans over the years. And that is the real issue here, Lauren. AT&T, Verizon, Comcast, Hallmark. I can go on and on and on. All of these companies saying no money to any of the folks who voted not to accept the electors. That's what they're afraid of. They are afraid of their money drying up. And so they're now trying to, oh, no, no, now we support. And look, Liz Cheney, I know what she's doing. She's basically saying, Kevin McCarthy, what you gonna do? You're going to stand with him or you're going to vote for impeachment. You stand with him. I'm going to have your job. Yeah, well, you know, the money piece is, is huge. Obviously, it's interesting that the death of Sheldon Adelson uh, today. But, you know, there is no real Republican brand. The Republican Party has been radicalized by Donald Trump. And when you have a vice president who's too scared to do the right thing, because of effectively the brown shirts, the violence, the threat of violence, if you do do the right thing, uh, that's a situation where we're really going to see who really believes in our democracy, quite obviously. When you have 120 Republicans voting against the certification of Joe Biden being elected president after the, the U.S. Capitol building was attacked, that is a radicalization of the Republican Party. And we saw the split fairly early on before the Lincoln uh, project came on. I mean, we saw George Will. We saw a few signs of there was going to be a, a schism. But, you know, the idea that they could follow, continue to follow such a nut into battle. I mean, Donald Trump is crazy. We have a crazy president of the United States. And they still want to follow him because they're afraid not only really of him, but of course of his followers. And they're too, the level of cowardice, the inability to tell these people the truth, they've just decided to just lie to everybody, to lie to them that there was something wrong with the election, which of course is just utter, utter nonsense. So it has the big lie and it has the threat of violence. And of course we just saw the ramifications of the lying and the violence 
on January 6th. But this is not really a party. This is a group of people pulling off lies and stunts on Fox News. And yeah, to your point, Roland, now the money is starting to get, you know, now that's in, in, in play now. And of course, finally, these social media companies have finally woken up. Finally, Mark Zuckerberg has woken up years into everyone telling him that this is what was going to happen. But I actually think, you know, Mark Zuckerberg is good at coding and he's very stupid about common sense and politics. So he waited around and then finally Twitter now, finally, there's nothing different that Donald Trump was doing before last week. Absolutely nothing. So finally they're cutting off the Twitter account. So finally they're cutting the communications. So of course the money is the last piece. But we got to be real. We got a, a week coming up here. I'm going to be in Richmond, Virginia tomorrow. Their legislature is going to kick off tomorrow. We got a week coming up where these people are planning things into inauguration. And my friends on Capitol Hill are telling me, I mean, they're getting security briefings and all that, the members, the cops. I'm not hearing anything that's making me hopeful, other than the fact they're going to surround the Capitol with 15,000 U.S. Guard troops. I'm not hearing any real plan there. We, we got no sergeant of arms on your House and Senate side and no real chief of police. And I know that, you know, Assistant Chief Pittman is there, but that's a, that was just, she just was thrown in there because they fired Sun. So I'm not hearing what the plan is. And these people are putting out declarative messages targeting members of Congress. So we got to get real with what we're dealing with. We got to get real, real fast. Donald Trump is in charge until noon on the 20th of all of our security agencies, Homeland Security, DOD. So we got to we got to wake up to this at some point. And and I think it's a particularly dangerous situation we enter into for the 17th, 18th, 19th and 20th. Uh, we're showing right now, folks, uh, a live look. Uh, on the procedural vote on the 25th Amendment resolution that Congress is voting on. Uh, this is all about, uh, again, uh, first of all, it's at the end of the day, they're voting on a resolution to say, Mike Pence, you should invoke the 25th Amendment. I mean, it's okay, fine, great. Um, okay, I mean, personally, I, I think what they should just go right to impeachment. Uh, go, let's go live. This is Congressman G.K. Butterfield of North Carolina. Res 8, I inform the House that Mr. Bishop will vote yes. He will vote yes on ordering the previous question. Madam Speaker, as a member designated by Mr. Thompson of Mississippi, pursuant to HRES 8, I inform the House that Mr. Thompson will vote yes. He will vote yes on ordering the previous question. Madam Speaker, as a member designated by Mr. Richmond of Louisiana, pursuant to HRES 8, I inform the House that Mr. Richmond will vote yes. He will vote yes on ordering the previous question. Because of COVID, uh, all the members do not have to actually be there. They actually, uh, and so that was Congressman G.K. Butterfield uh, stating um, that he was uh, speaking on behalf of Congressman Sanford Bishop of Georgia, Congressman Benny Thompson of Mississippi, Congressman Cedric Richmond of Louisiana. Uh, they will be actually voting for this. Um, the thing here, uh, Jacob, that uh, I think is 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 vital as as for, as we're looking at this uh, as this vote takes takes place, is it's also putting Republicans on record, putting them on record to say who is still willing to stand by Donald Trump, who is willing to stand with him, 
and see, remember, upwards of 140 Republicans voted not to accept the electors last week. These people, these people, that, 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 look, that's more than, that, that's two-thirds of the Republican caucus. People need to stop saying Trump's base. No, it is the Republican Party. And they are scrambling right now because they see what's coming. And to me, Democrats must go full board. They must drop every hammer on Republicans they can, expose every single person who has been involved in this, who has been involved. That's what they should be doing right now. I agree. I believe that everyone that was involved should definitely be held accountable because this, I mean, we, we lost lives. Uh, we disgraced our country. Uh, we've ruined people's lives. And not even that, we have people that we have a whole, a whole section of people. Uh, let's speak, let's speak on African-American people in general um, that just feels disenfranchised. They literally watched <laughs> the, we watched people storm the Capitol and not be ramified. No ramifications, no nothing. I mean, now that the FBI is getting involved, but it's still, it's still, it's another punch to the face that's showing you that, hey, you're not equal, right? So, um, yeah, I believe that uh, the Democrats should definitely uh, bite down on, on whoever or whomever was involved, as well as the Republicans who don't stand with Trump anymore. Um, but, you know, you never know going forward who who allegiances lies because you said before it's money involved so it depends on what what they want in the end you know um, and it's, it's unfortunate that, that it's not the people's not considered you know the the, the 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 thing here is this here and i think people need to understand uh when you talk about how complicit republicans were in this um you know the thing here is th this is a piece from the intercept um, a lot of people have been saying Congressman Paul Gosar, uh, he needs to be run out of Congress as well. W watch this to understand how complicit. Uh, you heard uh, uh, Butch Jones say this thing goes high up. This is the kind of involvement Republicans were, were how they were involved in this whole deal. The head of the House Freedom Caucus, Republican Representative Andy Biggs of Arizona, helped plan the January 6th event that culminated in a storming of the Capitol. That's according to Ali Alexander, a lead organizer of the gathering. Alexander, a pro-Trump personality, was an early founder of the Stop the Steal movement. You gotta save the Republic, right? Helped bring together various right-wing factions around a mass event on January 6th. It was aimed to coincide with objections to the counting of the Electoral College. Alexander made his claim in three separate live streams in late December, adding that representatives Paul Gosar of Arizona and Mo Brooks of Alabama were also involved. I was the person who came up with the January 6th idea. And I'm the guy who came up with the idea of January 6th when I was talking with Congressman Gosar, Congressman Andy Biggs, and Congressman Mo Brooks. So we're working with members of Congress while other people are trying to showboat. Uh, we're really working hard because, look, I believe that the president should do something brave. I think that the vice president should do something brave. I believe that that's how we maintain the White House, and I believe that we need to maintain the White House. I think it's a moral imperative. His claim is buttressed by another video from a December 19th rally at the Arizona State Capitol, at which Alexander played a video that Biggs had supplied. Congressman Gosar has been the spirit animal of this movement. One of the other heroes has been Congressman Andy Biggs. Uh, Congressman Andy Biggs sent us a video. 
Andy Banks here. I wish I could be with you today. I pledge to you that I'm going to keep fighting for President Trump. And when it comes to January 6th, I'll be right down there in the well of the House with my friend from Alabama, Mo Brooks. In the video, Biggs mentions Brooks as his ally in the fight. Gosar spoke in person at the event. Freedom isn't cheap, folks. Freedom isn't cheap. But you know what? Imagine this. Did you get a sit go back home once he conquered the hill? Donald Trump has returned to being the president. And amazing things will happen in four more years. Big's connection Con to Alexander. Conquer the hill and return Donald Trump. That was their strategy. That was their focus. They wanted to over throw the government, pure and simple, Candace. And the same right there. Lauren, go ahead. They're saying it right, right, right on the video. I mean, I'm wondering when the FBI is going to be talking to these people. If that's not sedition, I don't know what is. And they've been saying this for a while because what made it, what made this invalid to them, of course, was black voters deciding this election in Atlanta, in Philly, in Milwaukee. That's what they can't stand. That's what they can't get over. You know, that's their definition of you know, there's a problem with the election. And they're saying it right there, and I'm telling you, if if the if the FBI is not having conversations with them, I don't know what it takes. If that's not sedition, if that's not treason, I don't know what it takes. Agreed. And and online, we could see the reconnaissance plan before it happened on Twitter. We could see it on Facebook. We could see it before it happened. How the FBI and other people didn't pay attention to it the way that many of us would have thought they would have um, is, is, is beyond me. What's, that be, what's also beyond me, and this is just an aside, is the number of men of color and powers of positions of these types of groups that, um, that are finding their way into the party and not only just finding their way, but they're, they're being leaders. Um, on the other hand, when we look at people and what they're doing behind closed doors, and I think that what we're going to find after the FBI continues to investigate is we're going to find two or more people who have agreed to do something unlawful, which as we know it is a conspiracy. We are going to see a lot of conspiracy charges come. And as, as I believe Lauren had mentioned, we're not just going to see it from the people that we saw going up to the Capitol, but we're going to see it inside of the Capitol. And I think the time will tell, and we're going to see exactly a, a lot of things that are going to unfold that we probably would have never have even imagined. Even to get more real, these people are an accessory to the deaths of certain people, including a, a U.S. Capitol, a federal police officer, a federal law enforcement officer. You incited a riot that then led to the death, the, the murder of a federal police officer. So, you know, I mean, we've seen these stories a million times where somebody's girlfriend that doesn't know anything uh, gets an accessory charge for, for drug dealing because her boyfriend did something. You got to be kidding me. They, we got to get real about the charges on these people. There were five people who died that day, including a federal law enforcement officer. And you got members of Congress involved in the planning of something that incited violence at the United States Capitol in a clear attempt to try to stop the certification of an election. So I'm not, you know, I'm not an attorney, but that sounds pretty close to, to sedition to me. And I can't wait to find out. I can't, couldn't believe any of the reporters today with the press conference over at DOJ did not ask that question, whether or not they were talking to members of Congress who were clearly involved in this and are saying they're involved in it. 
They're not they're not running. Apparently Andy Biggs is trying to pretend that he has nothing to do with it. Well, why did why did Ali Alexander mention his name? He didn't mention his name out of anywhere. And what they've been saying has been consistent with the lying and the nonsense and the garbage that Donald Trump has been saying and Stop the Steal has been saying. So I we gotta I can't wait to find out whether or not and again, we're going into inauguration week. If I was the members of the CBC and the Black Caucus, I'd be very careful. They put out up a metal detector in front of the door that the members walk into on the floor. And I'd be very I'd be very careful with these members because they are radicalized. It's not just the people who are it's not just the people who were out at the mob at the Capitol. It's some of the members of Congress that they got to keep an eye on. This is uh, let's go back to the let's go back to um, Capitol Hill uh, with that vote. You see that vote um, one hundred and eighty four. Uh, order the previous question, uh, 184, 176. There still is uh, about three some odd minutes remaining. Um, you see Republicans, um, you can pull the audio up, please. I'll talk over it. Um, but, but you see what's happening. You see what's happening. The Republicans, the Republicans, Jacob, cannot let go of Trump. These people have no idea. Well, no, I take that back. They know exactly what they're doing. They do not care that he's a liar. They do not care that he is inside a riot. They do not care that he has done any of these things. These people are more than happy to go along with this thug. That is what is un that's crazy, Jacob. They, they don't care. Yeah, as said before, I do agree. And uh, the previous question on HR 38. The problem right now, as I said before, that we see that division. We we see we see it. It's, it's and it's nothing's being done about it. I, I, I mean, they waited until the eight until eight days before Trump was out of office to actually act on anything. And at this point, it's just a little too late. The damage is already done. And I mean, I was just really just trying to save save their own tail at this point by by sticking with who they think was going to support them. Instead of doing the right thing, and the right thing is is to speak up at this point. Um, these uh, there's so many different things uh, continue to happen. Uh, we're gonna play. If y'all have it queued up again, I, I have really been enjoying these uh, folks who have now banned uh, from these um, from these flights. They're really upset. And, and, and what gets me, Candice? What gets me? These people who believe, oh. I can just go to Washington, D.C., try to overthrow the government, and then hop back on a plane. How, right. wh wh how, 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 they're saying, how, how dare you tell me I have to get off the plane? That's what we call privilege, right? And we see it playing out every day. If you are a black person in America, you see privilege playing out every day because when you go out, you're really, you know, a body politic. That's what you are. You don't mean to be or want to be, but that's what you are and you see it playing out. And that's what we are seeing right now. Oh, I didn't know that I couldn't do that. I'm privileged. So let me go on the plane and do exactly what I want. They are going to see another thing coming. The saying goes, what, you follow the talent? For now, the Republicans believe that the talent falls within Donald Trump. But as these days go further, as we get closer to inauguration and even thereafter, we will see that as people kind of trail off from their support of him, they are not going to have the stick that they have right now for Donald Trump. 
It is coming. Why? Because the money is going. And that's what all of this is about. If you have, if you have a party, you have to have money. You have to have power. And yes, he has a base of 74 million people and more who are interested in being his staunch supporters, like a cult. But with the same token, he doesn't have the platforms that he had before or the support. There is no tweet. There is no Instagram. There is no Facebook. So what is he going to use? He'll probably start some type of media conglomerate so that he has his own voice. But until then, the Republicans, as we know it, has radically changed. We're going to see it change so quickly in the next eight days or, you know, until the inauguration, like you have never seen before. And even after inauguration, who do we look to? We look to Letitia James in New York, because even if he is not impeached, she's got state, um, uh, she's, she's got the state where she's going to be charging him with a number of things. And Letitia is not going to quit. She has said that. She is waiting. So even after the 20th, Trump is going to be going downhill in a lot of ways, and he's going to lose a lot of support. Um, there's this one video that uh, Lisa, that, that uh, Leslie Jones had posted. Uh, and um, folks might see this video, see this white guy, hear his twang, and think, oh, my God, there goes a Donald Trump supporter. Now, and you know what? What he had to say, I think he's speaking for a hell of a whole lot of Americans. Y'all watch this. I hope you're fucking happy and sad, you fucking little piss pants pieces of shit. Ooh, we're going to storm the Capitol. Let's storm the Capitol. We're patriots. You're a fucking coward. Patriots. Jesus Christ. Fucking idiots that I played high school football with wearing a goddamn American flag bandana talking about, we got to get up there and storm. We got to take our country back. From what? From fucking what? What are you so goddamn upset about? What has anyone ever done to you? You fucking entitled piece of shit. Don't you ever fucking call me one again. Don't you ever say, Corey, you fucking snowflake. You're a liberal. That means that y'all look, look, look. What? Want some people to not be sick every now and then? Is this the thing that you can't fucking stand? So you've got to get in your goddamn fucking piece of shit Ford F-150 you got from your dad, drive it to D.C. and pitch a fucking fit? Is that what it is? Is it health care? Is, is it still with the fucking guns? Is that what? What is it? You said Obama was taking them. Eight fucking years ago you said that. Nothing. What is it that this country hasn't fucking given you? You literally got escorted out of the Capitol building aside from the ones that they had to fucking shoot. Is that what it takes? Is you just want to be a fucking martyr? God, you're so fucking pathetic. Do you not ever just sit there and think, my kids are going to see this. My grandkids are going to see this. They're going to put it in the textbook, and you're going to look like the dumbest motherfucker in the world. Nobody will give a shit about Watergate. Nobody. That is fucking... Dude, I'm out of breath from how stupid y'all are. What is it that this country doesn't give you that you think you have to do some bullshit like this? But when you see a fucking black person actually get shot... No gun in their hands. Nothing. Oh, they should just comply. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. What is your goddamn problem? Quit giving... Just quit embarrassing me, man. I want my fucking country back. How about that? God damn it. Fuck y'all, you fucking cowards. My point? And, and on that note, we got to <laughs> uh, pull it in that... That, oh, that Lauren Bo 
is uh, having a standoff with the U.S. Capitol Police over trying to take her gun on the House floor. Say like, what? As we speak, speak. You know Lauren Boebert. The right, that, 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 that idiot out of uh, Colorado. She's having a standoff with the Capitol Police at the House door as we speak for this vote that you had had up earlier, Roland. And she wants to bring her gun on the floor. Well, she can't bring her gun on the floor. I mean, I don't know why these people think that they're exempt from the rules. I, I have no idea. Well, she also, she also, just so folks know, I mean, people need, need to know who this, who this dumbass is. Uh, you know, <laughs> sh she also put out this video, you know, I, I've been, I'm this badass. Uh, and then and then we found out that actually um, she was lying. Uh, the video actually was she was not walking around D.C. Uh, with her gun because if she was walking around, her ass would have been arrested uh, because right. it's still illegal. Just because you think you are, just because you're a member of Congress doesn't mean that you get to do whatever the hell you want to do because you still have to respect uh, another city's laws. But, you know, no, she thinks that, you know, and, you know, that she's all that. And, again, all oh, the Second Amendment, the NRA people loving her, uh, they're like, oh, she's our answer to the squad. That's what she is. She's our answer. If, if y'all want to see, just again, how trash she is, Watch this dumbass video. This is going to put in perspective what Lauren is talking about. Watch this. I'm Lauren Boebert, and I approve this message. Cut. That's a wrap. Hi, I'm Lauren. I'm a newly elected congresswoman from Colorado. Even though I now work in one of the most liberal cities in America, I refuse to give up my rights, especially my Second Amendment rights. I will carry my firearm in D.C. and in Congress. This caused outrage from Democrats in the media. Why? It's our job in Congress to defend your rights, including your Second Amendment, and that's exactly what I'm here to do. In D.C., of all places, we should be encouraged to practice our rights. So forget what you hear in the fake news. Here are the real reasons why I choose to defend myself in our nation's capital. I'm a woman and a mother of four. I choose to defend my family with all of the force the Constitution provides. D.C. is one of the top ten most dangerous cities in our country. Homicide rates and violent crimes are skyrocketing here. Being a member of Congress is pretty basic. I don't go to work in a motorcade or armored car. I don't get police escorts everywhere I go. I walk to my office every morning by myself. So as a five foot tall, 100 pound woman, I choose to protect myself legally because I am my best security. One of the challenges of working in DC is people here don't understand how we live in real America. The second amendment is part of our lives. Gun ownership is cherished and it makes our little town safer. As a young woman working late nights at a restaurant, I learned real fast how important it is to defend myself. After a violent incident outside my business, I took advantage of Colorado's open carry laws and began to carry at work. My waitresses asked if they could open carry too. Candace, she's lying. Washington Post did a story. Her ass wasn't walking around. They tried to create this silhouette saying that she was carrying her gun, uh, that she mm -hmm. walked out of the Capitol Hill studio onto the streets of Washington, D.C., it was all a lie. So when she talks about fake news, fake-ass video. Well, listen, she's learning from the best. She's learned to create this whole 
media um, uh, co commercialism around what she's doing, market herself as this person because she's learned from Donald Trump, because that's what he did. He marketed himself as the person that he wanted his base to believe that he was. Didn't necessarily have to mean that it was true, but it was part of the plan. Like anybody that has a, a public relations specialist or pays, pays for someone to create this image of who they are. And that's exactly what she was doing. That's why a commercial looks more like a TV show than anything else, right? It's because yeah. that's what Donald Trump has done. He created yeah. really what we saw was a TV show, a reality show. Indeed, I think that, that you know, she's trying to attach herself to a cause so she can somehow uplift herself from what's actually going on in politics between the Republicans and Democrats. So getting the NRA behind her but we'll definitely get those dollars. Things that we were just talking about earlier, those dollars, that's that's what they're aiming for. So it's not necessarily about, does she care about, as you can see, she has fake news. She's thinking that she was at the Capitol with her gun, um, which is ridiculous. But anyway, you know, she, she by attaching herself to the NRA, she's securing those dollars. She's securing that support and longevity because it makes it look like she's actually defending their rights. Folks, uh, this is not the last thing we're going to hear. First of all, Capitol Police brief House Democrats during a private call Monday night and warned them that at least three more potentially deadly demonstrations have been planned in D.C. in the coming days. One plot includes white supremacists forming a perimeter around the Capitol, the White House, and the Supreme Court. Their intention is to then block Democrats from entering the Capitol, possibly killing them to make way for Republicans to take control of the government. In response to the threat of more armed protests, Trump issued an emergency in D.C., it ordered federal assistance to help in the response efforts due to the emergency conditions. Now, the emergency will remain in effect until January 24th. Officials believe an attack is being planned for the day of the inauguration as well. Now, folks, again, that gives you a sense. Now, they also are trying to plan other armed events uh, in all 50 state capitals uh, across the country. And so this is what is causing people a lot of consternation. But, but, but not just that. We talk about how idiotic these Republicans are. How about this here? Three House members, folks, have now tested positive COVID, and they all say because they were around these dumbass Republicans who didn't want a mask, who were mocking them, okay? That's what's so crazy. Now, House members will be, uh, will, um, first of all, one of the things being put on the floor is for them to be fined, to be fined if they don't wear masks. Representative Bonnie Watson Coleman of New Jersey was the first lawmaker to announce a positive test, followed by representatives Pramila Jayapal of Washington and Brad Schneider of Illinois. Of course, all three are currently in isolation. They blame Trump supporters who stormed the U.S. Capitol and their Republican colleagues who refused to wear a mask. This is a video right here of Congresswoman Lisa Rochester trying to pass out masks. You see the blonde in the black? That's that idiot uh, uh, QAnon person uh, out of Georgia. They were mocking them. Now, you see the Capitol Hill police officers, others with masks, but the Republicans were like, oh, no, what the hell? We're not going to mask. We're not going to wear masks. Now, Lauren, you have three members who have COVID. Lauren? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. Mar so, yeah, and that's Mark Wayne Mullen, you know, another not so bright member. Uh, you know, as you can see, the Republican Party has just become like, uh, you know, with that Lauren Boebert video and this other stuff. It's just a party of stunts and no policy and nothing other than trying to get on Fox News and impress Lou Dobbs and maybe getting a slot as a contributor on own. 
or Newsmax. I mean, that's what that's what the members of this party have has become. It's just been sort of a cycle of wanting to impress people on social media and wanting to impress their friends on Fox News. And there's no policy in between. What's even scarier, too, is they would rather, it looks like to me, they would rather take the government down than to change anything about what they're doing to attract the types of groups that would win them elections. Um, it's, it's sad. And this idea that somehow every single thing has got to be ideology. So now wearing a mask because of COVID, when we're nearing 400,000 deaths because of COVID in a once-in-a-century pandemic, has become a political thing. It's like everything becomes a political thing for the Republican Party. So now it becomes a symbol uh, of a lack of freedom because I'm not wearing a mask. It's just complete idiocy. Just absolute, complete idiocy. And Nancy Pelosi, and then when Chuck Schumer comes in as the majority leader of the Senate on January 20, they need to pass the rules of the House and the Senate. Pelosi has already, the House has already passed their rules, but the Senate has to pass theirs. And just, and just discipline people. If they don't have consequences for this type of activity and what happened on January 6th, we're just having this conversation again and again and again and again and again and again. The problem is people are disciplined with words, but not with actions. And to me, if you're not bringing up a censure vote for Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz and some of these House members who are clearly in on what happened on Jan 6, you got nothing. Nothing will ever change. Uh, that's uh, critically important. And the bottom line is you got to make people pay. You got to make them pay, Candace. Otherwise, what the hell is the whole point? Yeah, you, you do. And you take someone like Bonnie Watson Coleman, right, a cancer survivor, we have someone who right. is somewhat immunosuppressed, and here we are who have people on the other side who don't want to wear masks, okay? If they want, don't want to protect themselves, that's one thing, but you wear your mask to protect someone else. How you're even on the floor and able to not wear a mask, I don't know, because if you're walking around in New Jersey and New York, where I am, you know, you're going to get pulled over and, and you will get fined. You have to wear your mask. So th they have to have some rule change that people who are making decisions, okay, for the United States of America, that you should and must wear a mask or else there will be some consequences. How that is not existing and that they're able to opt out, I do not understand. Because me, meanwhile, on the other hand, on the outside, when I go to shop right down the street, I have to have a mask or I can't shop. It makes no sense. Um, it is. It, it's, it's crazy, Jacob. I, I, I mean, I don't understand what what what, what these people are thinking. And, and and but 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 again, though, even this basic thing, they're feeding into the crazies. The same people who are out there to overthrow Trump, they're the anti-maskers. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm I, I'm not an advocate for masks either. But I mean, at the end of the day, to keep everyone safe around me. Because you never know if you're carrying or not. So unless you get tested frequently. And, you know, out of respect for someone else, I will wear a mask around them. But if I'm in my car on my, on my alone time or, you know, by myself, of course, I would definitely not wear one. But um, that's not Republicans aren't the only aren't the only representatives I have seen not wear a mask as well. It's been it's been it's been across the board and in, um, in both Senate and uh in, in the Congress as well. But I think that I do think that as far as when they go in to do work and they're in communicable areas, they need to have their mask on. And that's just that. 
uh, folks. So let's talk about uh, out of Minnesota, uh, where Derek Chauvin, of course, the uh, uh, the former cop uh, who was charged with the death of George Floyd, he's going to be tried separately from the other officers. Uh, Judge Peter Cahill ruled the physical limitations make it impossible to comply with COVID-19 physical restrictions if all four defendants were tried at the same time. Chauvin will be tried on charges of second-degree unintentional murder and second-degree manslaughter for suffocating Floyd last May by placing his knee on Floyd's neck. Jury selection for his trial will take place from March 8th to March 26th. Opening statements will begin no earlier than March 29th. The other three officers, Thomas Lane and Jay Alexander uh, King, and who helped restrain Floyd, uh, and to that, uh, to that, who stood nearby, have been charged with aiding and abetting second-degree murder and aiding and abetting second-degree manslaughter. All three will stay in trial together on August 23rd. Uh, speaking of who's going to be going to trial soon, remember the 22-year-old uh, woman who assaulted and accused 14-year-old Keenan Harold Jr. of stealing her cell phone only for the later turn up an Uber? She was arrested in California last week, flown back to New York City. She was charged with attempted assault, attempted robbery, grand larceny, and endangering the welfare of a child for altercation with a, with a 14-year-old. Well, last week we showed you uh, a part of her interview that she did with uh, with uh, Maya Ponsetto with Gail King, where she actually tried to convince King that she was a sweet person right before telling Telling King enough of being asked a question. <laughs> Here's part two of the craziness where she says she isn't racist because she's also a person of color. You seem to have attacked this teenager about the phone, and then it turned out he didn't even have your phone. Oh, okay, so let's that's do, the thing. Do you I mean, you're, get to that you're, part? you're saying, look, because I'm 22 years old. You're 22 phone. years old, but you are old enough to know better. Oh, the hotel so I will didn't say have you're my... 22. All right, I get it. Enough. The hotel no, did no, have no, my no. phone. The hotel did end up having my phone. I did get my belongings returned to me. So maybe it wasn't him, but at the same time, how is it so that uh, as soon as I get asked to leave the premises uh, after I had accused this person of stealing my phone, how is it that all of a sudden they just miraculously have my phone when I come back? And the two, and uh, the the, it didn't seem as if uh, my accusations really bothered the the son and the father because they were just uh, enjoying a nice meal right after this whole uh, encounter. But all I'm saying, I don't know if you, Mia, I, want I don't this know to if be you over, what, and I'm sorry. Whether they were so bothered by your, I would love to your, make this short and sweet, Gail. Mia, Mia, I want to go back to that day. Take us back to that day. We've all seen the video. Okay, so. Um, I arrived back to the hotel after grabbing some Starbucks. I had noticed my phone had been missing, so I just approached the hotel manager, asked him if he could kindly just check enough. the footage. Enough. So she want to tell Gail enough. I'm enough of hitting her ass. Uh, I, I don't want to hear the whining. Bottom line is, uh, that's what you're looking at, looking at when you look at uh, privilege. Um, and you also have uh, folk like her uh, who can operate uh, in their racism as well. And so, bottom line, I hope they do. I hope they give her ass as much time as possible. Speaking of giving time, y'all, the former governor of Michigan is going to be uh, indicted. Uh, yeah, the Associated Press reported this today that Attorney General Dana Nessel's office intends to charge former Michigan Governor Rick Snyder and several of his top advisors for their role in the Flint water crisis. Her office expects to announce grand jury indictments Thursday against the former two-term Republican governor and other top officials who were part of Snyder's administration. This move to charge Snyder comes after years-long investigations into the Flint water crisis. Investigators needed to figure out who was to blame for the elevated toxic lead levels. Candace, what do you make of this? Listen, decisions were made, and as a result, 
the water in the Flint, Michigan system was contaminated. People died. So somebody has to be held accountable. And obviously, prosecutors thought that they had enough, went to a grand jury, and they did have enough in order to secure an indictment. So we're going to see what happens you know, over the next couple of weeks and, and what's going to be said and what the defense team is going to say as a result. But what has happened so far is what should have happened, in that someone had to have been held accountable. And this is the right person, because he obviously was in a position to make decisions that led to this water contamination. And not just for a few months. Right? We're talking years that Flint, Michigan, um, has been under this whole umbrella and besieged by bad water. So uh, I'm not surprised. Um, it's just been a, a very long time, and, and we'll see what happens in the next weeks. Um, this need to happen. It was decisions by Snyder uh, that led to this, that, al that allowed for this crisis. And these people in Flint and their children and their children's children will all be affected by this. Uh, I saw one story where they said that uh, the special needs of students in the schools are up 56% since this water crisis, Lauren. Yeah, and the question is, why does this take so long? I mean, this has been going on forever. We knew what happened in Flint. We knew Snyder was responsible for it. And here we are sitting in 2021, finally getting around to doing something about it. I just don't know why these things take so long. I remember when I, uh, A. Scott Bolden represented one of the officials in Flint. He was at a hearing. That was like, what, four or five years ago? So, I mean, one of the things about our judicial process is just everything takes too long to bring people to justice that should have been brought to justice already. So... That's why I'm frustrated. I'm glad that this is happening, but it's just, you know, at some point, like, justice delayed is justice denied. This should have happened already. It should have happened years ago. Uh, that is the case, uh, Jacob. But, uh, again, uh, it's important that someone pay. We talk about accountability. You can't, being, you can't have accountability unless you have justice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, being from Detroit, this is amazing for me. Um, I've, I've had family in Flint. And, um, you know, it's a horrible thing. <laughs> Lead poisoning all around. It's, you know, people, we have to drive, we had to drive water up there just so people can take a bath. Um, Rick Snyder, he, he is the person that needs to be charged and everyone that's around. He made the decisions. At the end of the day, you were the leader in the situation and you were the causation of the situation. And you didn't even notify anyone. You just allow it to happen and happen and happen. So at the end of the day, you are responsible, you know, and <laughs> it, 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 it makes me emotional even think about it because it's just I know so many people who lost their lives to this and they would never be the same because of his, his lackluster uh, decisions. And like if you look at someone like Kwame uh, Kilpatrick, they, they, they sentenced him fast. It, it wasn't there wasn't no discussion. They brought an indictment up on him. And now you have, to, you have to look and see how political this stuff gets. It's not it's not about the people. It's about what's convenient for them. And it's only because he's white. Absolutely. Well, y'all know what time it is. I'm white. I got you, huh? On my property. Whoa! Hey! Oh, don't you just love white privilege? They can't stand it when black people have power. 
This white man in North Carolina was not happy that he was asked to leave a Walmart for not wearing a mask. Instead of leaving, he assumes he's being asked to leave because he's white. Roll it. I want you because I'm white. She asked me to leave the property. It is because I'm white. What else is it? Knock it out. Don't tell me knock it off. I'm sitting down here. Put it down. Or you're going to jail. Okay, where are you going? You're fingering at me for it. I'm just wanting to know why she asked you to leave the property. Because I'm white. Because I'm white. I don't know what county you are, but in my county, my sheriff said it's an unlawful mandate. My sheriff said it. Okay, guess what? I don't work for Darren. I don't okay. And I'm telling you, this is their policy. Right. You're not even wearing your mask right. If you want to cut, if you want to get to that. No, I'm cutting because it's because I'm white. It's because I'm white. It's because I'm white. Yeah, it is. Okay, this, this is. I'll put it down. I'll walk back out here. I'll walk back out here. But this is. This, see, you're racist. I was filming him the entire time. <laughs> Micah says I got him on film. <laughs> no, it's not because you're white. It's because your dumbass not wearing a mask, Candace. Oh my goodness! And in North Carolina, you have to you have to wear a mask. So therein lies the issue. Uh, need we guess who he probably voted for in the last two elections? Though, let's be real. This is someone who has been lied to by Trump to think that he is in fact the victim. He's one of those people who was you know storming the Capitol, right? Because of the fact that he thinks that this world belongs to him and. He's the only one that matters, and that privilege belongs to him. And he doesn't have to wear a mask. Everybody else has to wear the mask. Even police officers would have to wear the mask, but not him. This is what he was saying to two white police officers. So therein lies the problem. You have more of the Trumpets doing what they're doing out in the world, not understanding that rules also apply to them. Jacob, then the idiot says, you're not wearing the mask right, fool. You're not wearing one at all. <laughs> well, I mean... As you said, it's, it's, it's a Trump nation, but I don't think it's just... This is before Trump. This has... I mean, he he incited this, but you have to think, though, this is, and this is deeply entrenched into our culture in America. They believe that they're fighting for their democracy, which they are. They're going to lose their privileges. The, oppress, the oppressor does not want to give up uh, their their strengths. They don't. They want to keep people under their thumb, and that right there, being being told what to do, and they feel that there's their God given right to be able to say no. I I, I just got a kick out of it. Oh, to the black woman, because I'm a racist. No, no, put your mask on. You got to go. And and again, first of all, I'm glad to see some cops uh, tell him to shut up. But you see the white privilege. You don't tell me to shut up. Uh, you, you know, you, now, now you know damn well they don't tolerate that, that much back talk from somebody black. It would have been a George Floyd I mean, instance all over again. Lauren, go ahead. It's not about the mask at all. It has nothing to do with the mask. It has to do with control and who has control and who, who tells who what to do. And you already mentioned in our country, it's never been the case that black women have been able to boss white men 
For 400 years, that's never been the custom at any point, in any place, in any time in the United States of America. And in that incidental moment, what you saw was, I mean, remember, the whole issue with the lunch counter wasn't about the lunch counter, what about coffee? It was about the fact that white people would have to serve black people. Black people would have the opportunity to tell white people what to do. Get me some coffee, get me some pancakes, whatever. So it's about control, and it's about who leads the conversation, what we're doing. And so it's not about the mask. You, you're telling me to put the mask on is the issue. The, the mask is just a proxy for control. And in fact, in this larger moment in this country with idiots like uh, Congresswoman Boebert, she doesn't want to be told what to do by some authority. And it makes, you know, she gets to brand herself as you can't tell me what to do with regard to the Second Amendment. Uh, and that's what that's really about. Oh, I stood up against tyranny because they can't tell me what to do. And that's what they turned the mask thing into. It's idiocy, but they believe in it. And they believe in it strongly, which is what we just saw. Absolutely. That hey, is... Roland. Yeah, go ahead. Roland, I was going to say, I know that he was offended by the black woman telling him what to do. He probably was even more offended by the fact that these, these two white police officers who look just like him did not give him the privilege that he is normally used to. And he probably was even more offended by that, that he couldn't get them to co-sign his argument. The audacity, right? Yep. <laughs> the audacity, right. How dare you? We're the, we're the same. I thought that we had an understanding. That's why... It like there was a little bit of that going on. That's why I keep telling people all of this reaction you're seeing is because of white fear. They do not like the fact that black people voted and we did not choose to keep the racist, sexist, xenophobic idiot uh, in 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Just eight days left, folks, before Donald Trump. They walk his ass out of the White House for the final time. Praise the Lord. Trust me, it will be a glorious day come 12.01 p.m. on January 20th. Trump has already said he's not going to attend the inauguration. Trust me, your punk ass won't be missed. Don't worry about it. You won't be missed at all. Uh, we really don't care uh, if uh, if he isn't there. And so um, we're going to be continuing monitoring what's going on. Uh, we can go back to the C-SPAN shot, folks. Uh, they are, the, the vote's over, but they normally hold this thing open. You see uh, 207 yeas, 202 nays. There are 15 Democrats who have not voted. Uh, they'll hold this thing open until... Uh, they actually do. We'll, so we'll certainly let you know what happens tomorrow. Uh, Democrats are likely going to move forward when it comes to impeachment. Lauren, you've covered Capitol Hill a lot. What do you um, expect uh, to, take, to take place tomorrow? There's going to be about 20 Republicans who are going to vote with the Democrats for impeachment. Uh, and, you know, I, there was all this talk about whether or not it's going to pass uh, in, in the Senate and all that. I really think that's irrelevant, although John Martin at the New York Times has apparently found some support for it and some rumors about Mitch McConnell uh, really finally finding, I guess, you know, the strength to say that he feels like these offenses are impeachable, which clearly they are, clearly are. I mean, if you can't get impeached for what happened last last week, then you can never get impeached for anything, on top of everything else that Donald Trump has done for four years. So what is expected is that, the you know, Democrats will, will, it will pass tomorrow, and they will be joined by about 20 to 25 Republicans. Um, you'll have that same group in there that that, that is the, the Trump wing of the Republican Party in the House. That doesn't really surprise anybody. The threat levels are going up as we march toward impeachment. And uh, expect to see some unprecedented security. We typically, of course, as you already mentioned, Roland, when you were 
driving in. We always see unprecedented security around uh, this town uh, during impeachment. But when you have 15,000 members of the National Guard standing around, uh, you know, you're going to see some stuff that you've never seen. Uh, I know that, you know, there's talk about Joe Biden wanting to do his 100 days and wanting to focus on his agenda. He's got to wake up. He's got to wake up to the fact that we are looking at an unprecedented situation. I don't want to say the word civil war. I think that's a little bit much. But still, you got some radicalization in the country that needs to be dealt with on top of the COVID uh, disaster. And Joe Biden, I know, wants to do his agenda and focus on all that. But he's got to also focus on what just happened last week. Uh, I, no, I, I think part of the problem here is that Again, Joe Biden is stuck in the Senate of the 1980s and 1990s. This right, idea, right. this idea that no, we can find common ground. In fact, y'all saw the story uh, where Tom Daschle um, has been counseling Joe Biden and his team by saying, no, if you really, really, really uh, work with Mitch, you can get a lot more done than if you fight Mitch. I'm like, Tom, you lost your seat. Right. You didn't retire. You lost. Right. And, and again, th their 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 idea of the Democratic Party, Bob Mitchell and others, where you had a number of moderate Republicans. Uh, you had right. moderate Republicans, and you had your center right, your far right Republicans. There are no moderate Republicans. But see, when, when, Biden... when, when, when you reach a point when Pat Toomey is right. seen as a moderate Republican, you know damn well that's gone. And so, and, and I'm telling you, Biden in his mind is thinking, I right. can really work with them. No. But they see, are going to try to squash you. It's also the denial of what you're dealing with when it comes to racism. Yes. They don't want to admit that the country is not John Wayne and this is not the 1950s. This is real. And again, we saw the same thing before Charlottesville. Nobody wanted to really admit that this type of racial hatred existed. They just thought they could ignore it and it would go away. Well, you know, Joe Biden, I get it. You want the 100 days. You want your agenda rollout. You want your nominees uh, to be, uh, you know, in office. I, I get what he's thinking. But they have got to wake up to the historic moment that we're in that started when Barack Obama was elected in 2008. We saw the flickers of it then. Uh, it was, and now it has, is 10 years later, we're dealing with it in a worse form. And I suspect what's going to wake him up is something that Donald Trump does off to the side, some rally or something that'll get his attention. But you gotta, you got to wake up. You can't ignore racism and what's going on right now. And frankly, um, Jacob, that's what they're doing. I, I think I, I do. I think that what you have is you got folks like Joe Biden, a lot of Democrats who who's, who really, really believe this few bad apples nonsense. They are not fully understanding of white supremacy. They're not fully understanding that 74 million people openly and knowingly voted for an avowed racist. 74 million people completely dismissed every single thing this man said or did up to election day. That is what they somehow are not really understanding. The power of media. <laughs> That's the first thing. The second thing is, uh, Joe, I think he's more or less worried about his legacy at this point. 
Uh, it's not really about the people. I mean, it sounds good. And even even grabbing uh, Kamala Harris to, to to run with him was was a good political move. But to me, it's it's more or less about his agenda, what he wants to put out. Um, it doesn't seem very. It doesn't seem. Uh, it doesn't seem like he's actually focused on us. And it, it sounds good through tweets and stuff like that. But let let's see what 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 policies do you put into place? How are you going to combat this? How are you working with cities and 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 different states to make sure that this is not this that this this cease to uh, exist? What uh what bills are you going to put forward for? What how are you gonna, how are you going to make these people that we call terrorists right? Um, um how how are we going to move forward with them in the judicial system? Are they going to be tried as somebody that that bombed nine eleven? Or are they going to just be slapped on the wrist and get a couple years just like the gentleman that? Um, is being held in detention center right now. Who, um, who his mother requested that he gets organic food. I've never heard of this in my life. As a black person, uh, <laughs> I wish, like my cousin, I wish his mother could ask for right. steaks and things of that nature. And that just shows you that you know he is a de- he's a denial. They're in denial. Everybody that isn't a minority for the most part is in denial about what's really going on. Um, don't want that control to be to leave and i i don't i don't know i don't know what he's i don't know what's the plan but i'm intrigued to see what he does uh candace uh final comment here um and i really don't despite what he is saying i really don't think um biden is fully accepting of how severe this white supremacy is not fully uh, this white fear I've been talking about. The this is and I've been <laughs> since 2009. These people. This is not. Go- See, th- this is what this is what was this was the mistake Hillary made, and it was a mistake Biden made. They tried to divorce Trump from the Republican Party. They literally said it. No, 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 no. He's a, there's a lot of great Republicans. We're all good. It's, it's Trump who, who's different. That's what, no, no, they're the same. Mm. And if they don't accept that, if they don't accept that these people are then putting their policy views through this, and for the 74 million to say, we, we ignore all of that because we don't like you, that's what they have to accept. These people are hell-bent on having a dominant white rule, and they don't want people like us to be participants in this democracy. And this is exactly why we need not wait 100 days in order to continue the impeachment process once it begins. There's this idea of the 100 days. There's also an idea to maybe split the days of doing part of, you know, Joe Biden's work and then another part of the day doing the impeachment process. You can't push stop and go at the same time. You just have pure inertia. You have got to move forward on one thing, that being the impeachment, because as you said, the ideas, the policies, um, uh, just the wherewithal of the people who are continue to fight, fight, fight their white supremacist ways are going to be pushing forward if we don't attack that first. If we don't get to this notion to get rid of Donald Trump full throttle first, we will not make the progress that we need once inauguration 
happens. And that has to be first and foremost what take place, yep. takes place. Go through the impeachment process, complete it, and then move on. Remember, we did confirm a United States Supreme Court justice in eight days. It can happen, and we also have had the impeachment process tried and true already since Trump has already been impeached. So it's not new. We should understand the process and get it done. You can do it if you want to. The reality is they don't want to because the white power base is their base, and they know it. Folks, that's it for us. Uh, if you want to support what we do here at Roland Martin Unfiltered, uh, please join our Bring the Funk fan club. I'm going to shout out the people uh, who give it 50 bucks or more. That's how we do it here. Shout out to Anna Francis, Risha Sharma, Aaron Cassius, India Portlock, Marcus Short, Tanya Robinson, Jesse and Derek Barnes, Marlon Wallace, Selwyn King, Lisa Jenkins, Ainsley Corbin, Patrick Thompson, Audrey Bruce, Marvin Ferguson, Joe Stevenson, Alice Brock, Daryl Knight, Rena Harrison, Rita Reed, Gail Sledge, Vernell Deer, Cheryl Dugan, Linda Mitchell, Elizabeth Jones, Vernon Lisa, Glasgow, Michael and Degra Flythe, Sandra Qualls, Katie Connolly, Phyllis Goodwin, Gwen Goodwin, Tony Collier Sr., Denise Garrison Jennings, Sheila Brooks, SRB uh, Communications, Kimberly France, Charlotte Powell, Douglas Edwards, Melanie, T uh, uh, Melanie Tittle, Glenda Allen Jennings, uh, Vianetta Jeffries, Lynn Cawthorn, the Education News Network, Yasmin, uh, Maxie Craig, uh, Faustine Caldwell, Ernest Thomas, Tamar Freeman, James Jackson Jr., Timothy Rustin, Jonathan Bibbins, Kimberly Turner, Sheila Gill, Hara McCullough, Sharon Hicks, Kaisha Thomas, Latifah Muhammad, D. Evans, Shade uh, Hammond, J.T. Samuels, Sandra Threadcraft, Beverly Braxton, Lanise Lindsay, Deborah Pollard, Carlton Wilson, Rudolph Banks, Don Richard, Willie and Henrietta Johnson, Vernon Lofton, Stephen and Tammy Robinson, the Jordan family, James Wright, LaCara uh, Adeduro, James Lewis, Lewis, May Robertson, Betty Martin, Patricia Smith, Bertie Foster, Michael Holmes, uh, uh, Santania, Carter Fahi, Brenda Clark, Carol Asbaron, Sharon Sabolsky, Calvin Williams, Ernest James Mims, Monica Melton, Cecilia Wright, Ronald Copeland, Barbara Ayton, Vivian Washington. Folks, you can join our Bring the Fan Club by going to Cash App, dollar sign RM Unfiltered, PayPal.me, forward slash R Martin Unfiltered, Venmo.com is Venmo.com, forward slash RM Unfiltered, Zelle, send us an email, Roland at Roland S martin.com folks we appreciate it thank you so very much jacob thanks a lot candace thanks a lot lauren thanks a lot uh we will continue to monitor what's happening on capitol hill tomorrow's gonna be all about the impeachment vote in the u.s house and we'll be talking about it right here on roland martin unfiltered shout out to uh walter kimber my frat brother president of billet university uh i tell you i only wear gear on the show to hbcus i spoke to and dylan was like yo you came to our campus i was like i have y'all gear so they hooked me up uh, with a hoodie, a t-shirt, as well as a hat, as well as a Dillard mask. And so I certainly appreciate it. Thank you so very much to all the folks at Dillard down, down there in New Orleans. Can't wait to be back on y'all campus. Talk to y'all later. Huh! I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No long no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.